All right, we are uh, doing a special version of our podcast. We've already done one for January, but we wanted to hold a special edition and kind of give people an idea of what we've been talking about for the past few months when it comes to high-speed internet. There's new legislation in, uh, in the state, and we're working on getting that passed and getting higher-speed internet to our members. So once again, I'm joined with our CEO, Kevin Doddridge. Hello. And our Director of Marketing and Business Development, Michael Bellapani. Thanks, Justin. Thank you. And so... We're going to try and, uh, you know, give you a big idea of what we've been doing and kind of get into some details and see what we can do about getting this. So um, first, what have we been talking about for the past few months as far as high speed internet? <laughs> you know, we've been talking about a lot of different things, and it's probably best that we just start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And for many of us, you remember when, um, when we had internet access at our homes. A lot of them had it at business prior to that. but. I can remember as a fact, you know, sometime in the mid to late 90s, getting internet access at your home. And you use it for to read newspapers, text. Uh, but then we wanted to send pictures, and, and the, the capability of the download kind of increased with our needs. So you went from text to pictures, audio, video, streaming. Uh, if you recall, used to you logged in whenever you wanted to do something. And it made uh, that awful noise. <laughs> it certainly did. They made a good movie out of that, though. Uh, you got mail. <laughs> but um, now it's something where we want that constant connectivity because we're using the Internet for so many different things, you know, uh, home security, just things where it's constantly owned and has to be at a certain connect rate. And, you know, I'll apologize to make sure I don't leave anything out. I've got some notes in front of me. But um, in Mississippi, we've got potentially close to 700,000 Mississippians that don't have access to high-speed Internet right now. And we can talk about dial-up and accessibility, but we all know these days, if you don't have a certain connect rate, there's very little you can do online. Um, We're starting to see throughout the country an increased rural-urban divide to where the rural people are falling behind. Uh, that divide is getting greater. Mm-hmm. We're seeing more unemployment in the rural areas than we're accustomed to. We have far fewer job opportunities in rural areas. And right now, something that for me is particularly frightening is we're starting to see a population decline. And Mississippi registered a population decline recently. Uh, we're seeing instances where people graduate college and they don't want to return home. The lack of high-speed internet um, is almost akin to when I graduated college in 87, if I'd been asked to go to a community where they didn't have long distance telephones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's seen as just medieval almost. So we've determined that there is a need. We've determined that many places in Mississippi and the United States uh, don't have access to high speed internet. Um, so that is something that is of a great concern and something that needs to be addressed. And hey, when you talk about high speed internet, um, I'm learning a lot through this process too. And in 2015, the FCC uh, redefined high-speed internet um, uh, from uh, four megabit megabits per second uh, download speeds and increased that to 25 megabits mm-hmm. per second. And they increased the upload speeds uh, to, along with that. Mm-hmm. But when you look at all of the things and devices that we have connected, uh, and cloud-based uh, technology that we have at our homes right now, mm-hmm. 25 megabits per second is, is woefully uh, insufficient to operate our lives these days. Um, 
and I think our telecom companies have deployed infrastructure out uh, throughout our state and to the areas where there is connectivity uh, in accordance with that FCC definition. So what we're trying to do is push that and up the bar uh, uh, for our connectivity in our service territory. Something that we really need to do is better define those areas that aren't served very well. Mm -hmm. Currently the FCC has a map and if you, uh, in a certain area code, if you've got one household that can achieve that 25 megabits download that you're talking zip about. Code. Zip code. Pardon. If, if you've got a zip code that has one place that can uh, that can access that at that rate, then I believe the FCC classifies that entire zip code as having high-speed internet. Mm -hmm. And that's just not a fact. I live in a place, I'm approximately one mile south of Olive Branch, Mississippi, in DeSoto County, one of the fastest growing areas, an area that most people would not call rural. And right now my download speed on a good day is one megabit. Really? Many times it's a decimal point. Uh, there's a lot of areas where we've still got old DSL, and as you know, in in, uh, in DeSoto County, there's a population growth, but the yeah. infrastructure is not keeping up with it. And then we have a, an area that we serve remote DeSoto, parts of Marshall that are truly mm -hmm. rural, and they're underserved as well. But I, I think sometimes. Uh, we've got to remember that we've got some fairly urban areas that still are not anywhere near this 25 download. Yeah, it's it, we've I've actually talked to a couple members that still have dial-up, and it's just that's just what's available to them. So, um, and to kind of put this in consumer terms, um, the higher the download speed, the better Netflix looks, the better Spotify <laughs> sounds. It's all these things that you know we are. Becoming, I mean, I, I've noticed this with computers is they're getting, the hard drives are getting smaller and smaller because everything's available somewhere else and it downloads or streams and you can download, you know, the, the, that information there. But I mean, the, the better the internet speed, the more access you have to this these services, and that's something that the the world is, you know, is getting accustomed to is these streaming based services. If, if you go back ten years mm -hmm. and look at how you utilize the internet then then roll forward to where you are now mm -hmm. you can see the dramatic changes that were made mm -hmm. i can't even describe where we might be in 10 years but i know a lot of people who live not in extreme rural areas semi-urban um, and they just want home security and they invested in home security and they install it and because of the slow connect speed that they can't utilize it at all yeah yeah, and, and that's that, and that's the other thing is you know right now I can turn on my thermostat from right. here and in, to my house in East Memphis, and so you know this is this is something that we yes this is the the urban areas get and the suburban areas get and we need to make sure that it does come to the rural areas because they they deserve to have access to these services as well. It's like you said I think it was a few months ago that we you know back when cooperatives were started we had a light bulb and they said well that's great I've got a light bulb I can do that with a candle well you can also use a refrigerator you can use an oven you can yeah. <laughs> And so once you have these services available to you, you will wonder how you got along without it. So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And we've defined the problem. I mean, we know it's a need. And, and I was looking up the latest U.S. Um, news rankings of connectivity uh, of states across the country. I was mm -hmm. the top. I was surprised by that. Um, but in Mississippi, and this is data going back to May of 2018, uh, Mississippi ranked 46th in high-speed internet connectivity and that's that 25 megabit per second 
download speed. Who are we beating? Just out of curiosity. Well, you've Maybe got Montana, Alaska, Alaska <laughs> yeah. and some of those more uh, sparse, sparsely populated areas, but we're getting beat by Alabama and Arkansas. They're uh, respectively at 45th and 44th, and that's high speed internet. Yeah. That's just at 25. You may need to repeat that. We are losing. <laughs> we are losing to uh, Alabama and Arkansas. Not only in football, but also <laughs> in. We beat Arkansas. Yeah, we do. Okay, there you go. Well, at least we had. But um, no, okay, so we're going to get into a little discussion here, and we're going to uh, turn to you, Kevin, and you're going to help us with some of this. But because uh, you definitely had a lot to say about broadband and, and and trying to get this to our members, but how did all this get started? You know, it. Um, some years ago, this isn't something that's really cutting-edge technology. Uh, several years ago, you had a lot of electric cooperatives. And when you talk about electric cooperatives, you're talking about generally rural areas, places where you'll have, um, you know, 10 or less meters per mile of line. And a lot of electric cooperatives started deploying um, fiber. And the fiber could re help read the meter. The fiber could control devices and the substation control devices on the line. You could do um, more operations remotely. You didn't have to roll men out into the field quite as much. Mm -hmm. As the fiber was being deployed, and we've, we're deploying fiber. We're going to probably by this spring, we will have an 80-mile fiber figure eight through our service area connecting our substations. If you're going to have this much fiber, and it belongs to your members who own us, should we not try to come up with a method where they can utilize the fiber that's in front of their home for high-speed internet access? Mm -hmm. So that is something that we saw happening, uh, probably caught fire four or five years ago. In Mississippi, we weren't quite as quick to start studying it because legally we can't get into that business. Mm -hmm. Now, legally, we can run a fiber to your home and we can do all of those uh, utility things that we want to do, read your meter, monitor voltage, uh, outage management, just uh, so many different things that we can do, time of use rate billing, uh, and so many more that I haven't thought of and that are going to be coming up in the near future. Uh, we can do that, but we're not allowed to get into the broadband business. So that is that is something that we, we really think that we need to do. Um, we see it as the next greatest thing. And you've probably heard me say before, there was a rural farm in Tennessee, and the gentleman got electricity to his farm for the first time. And he said, brethren, I want to tell you, the next greatest thing to having the love of God in your heart is having electric service to your home. We see broadband service to rural areas as the next greatest thing. Um, that in mind, and seeing that it was being done, North Central actually did a preliminary study we did it roughly two years ago. And the study looked at the demographics of our area, the size, the infrastructure, um, the telecom providers already in the area, and from a very high-level approach, it was determined that if we wanted to get into the high-speed internet business, it wasn't dead on arrival. It's something that was very feasible for us to do. Uh, the next step's going to be doing, as I like to say, a deeper dive into that to see what the price and everything would look like. But um, we're working on that right now. We're installing fiber right now. And at this moment, all we need is legislation 
passed by the legislature in Jackson, mm -hmm. who gaveled in a couple minutes ago, today, or yeah, <laughs> in today, mm -hmm. and see if they will allow us to determine if we can get into this business. There is a need. We think that we potentially probably couldn't solve it completely, but we think we could start working at it. One of the greatest pieces of le legislation that Mississippi passed was the 1987 Highway Bill. The 1987 Highway Bill um, was one that allowed for the construction of, it was over a thousand miles of highway, yeah. I don't know the numbers, but it was passed in 1987. The infrastructure brought four-lane highways throughout the state, uh, infrastructure upgrades, and at the time I'm sure people thought um, why do we need this? Why do we need to spend this much money? And when you start building highways, people are going to say, well, when are you going to four-lane this, this, this? The 1987 highway bill has been one of the better successes. Um, it has connected towns. It has brought countless industry to the state. And it's still ongoing. Mm -hmm. So I try to tell people if for some reason co-ops can get into the high-speed internet business, um, it's nothing that's going to happen overnight. Something as great as the 87 Highway Bill is still in progress. So we want to remind people that we want the ability to study getting into the internet business, and we want the permission to do that. But we're also going to want to ask for a certain amount of patience. It's going to take some time. And the difference in the Highway Bill and this is it doesn't require public funds. Absolutely. Well, real quick, just to kind of mention what you said, you, you keep saying fiber. Do, do you know what that download speed might be? Because you said you were hitting about one megabit per second, sometimes less than that. <laughs> what would fiber bring that up to? Our goal is uh, 2510. 2510. Right. So, I've kind of looked this up a little bit. Um, so, this is according to uh, nerdwallet.com. <laughs> Netflix, it, okay, so you're saying we're going to bring this up to 25 average. Right. So it could be a little bit more, it could be a little right. less, and some it's variable because due to distance and lots of little factors. But you're talking about going 25 times the internet speed. Netflix recommends a three megabit connection for one standard quality stream, five megabits per second for a high definition stream. And if you're wanting to, you know, sometimes you don't want to watch what the kids are watching and vice versa, you need about 10. And right. the kids don't want to watch what each other are watching. Exactly. So, I mean, you're looking at 10 to 15 megabits per, per second to get a good quality streaming service into your home. Now. Now. And so, and it's, you know, it's once, like we say, once you realize what you're capable of doing, you'll start Absolutely. doing more. So, 25 megabits per system, you're talking at least 25 times what's available at your house. Absolutely. And the important knows what we have. <laughs> down the road at some of these farms that are you know acres and acres apart and so that's that's just a one little little way to look at it is to say this is what we, now you're capable of doing and because everything's on Netflix and <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. all right um, so what is being done to address this need well In the states surrounding Mississippi, and Michael made a good point of this, uh, laws were passed that allowed cooperatives to get into the internet business. And this took place, uh, specifically I'll address Missouri, Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama, 
Georgia came close. Uh, they're, they're about to wrap it up this year. And then countless states throughout the United States that I'm not even thinking of. Uh, an interesting fact is the state legislature determined that there was a problem with internet speed and they went to the cooperatives. That's not exactly how it's happening in Mississippi right now. We have learned of the deficiency basically through our membership by staying engaged with our member. Uh, the membership sees the problem. They've told the electric cooperatives. The electric cooperatives have told certain agency heads and elected officials throughout the state. Um, the state did ask us for a bill, which we told them we would sit down and write, and we did. But unlike the other states, Mississippi is not pushing us to do this. So it's kind of a strange position that we're in right now. The state basically says, we'll support you if you want to do it. And the cooperatives are saying, well, if you'll make it legal for us to do it, we'll look and see what we can do. But the passion and the drive and the urgency just doesn't seem to be there. And, and I kind of hate that it isn't. I don't think people realize the issue that we have with that digital gap that we're seeing right now. And we talk about Netflix, but there's also education, connectivity mm -hmm. to junior colleges, telemedicine, um, home security, economic development. You're gonna, there's probably those few base questions that an industry looks at when they come into your area. Communications and internet, all that's gonna be part of, it's gonna be right up there with workforce. Mm -hmm. we have to, you have to be able to report back to the home office with reports every day, right. sometimes every hour. So um, we have written a bill um, at the request of our uh, Lieutenant Governor and right now, we're trying to hammer out some little differences. We've got some, some groups in the state who, uh, for lack of a better word, they are really against us getting into it. And they're going to um, deploy some, some difficult tactics to try to keep us out of it. Um, but some things that we have to remember, and the, the big thing is we don't want misinformation out there. What we're asking for is really not that complicated. Mm -hmm. Deploying fiber Getting into the internet business may be complicated, yep. but what we're asking for uh, isn't, and don't mind, I'm going to look at my notes to make sure I don't leave some things out. What we really want to happen is we need legislation that will enable electric cooperatives to create affiliates that can provide this service. Um, we would do this in this manner because we do not want the electric member to be affected by this at all. And I need, I need to be very plain spoken about that because there are those who are concerned that if electric cooperatives get into the internet business, you're going to look up and see the electric cooperative go bankrupt. Um, not to be smart, but you know, the electric cooperatives in Mississippi have a long tradition of not going bankrupt. Um, we are regulated monopolistic type cooperatives. Um, through regulation, we cannot use member ratepayer money to subsidize an affiliate. It has to be a completely separate entity. Um, we are not looking for state funds to do this. We are not a government agency. We are private, not-for-profit cooperatives. Um, now, one thing that we would want to take advantage of is the Trump administration uh, appropriated $600 million to get broadband to the rural areas. Uh, the money's been appropriated. Someone's going to get it. And that'll probably come in the form of 
20 million in grants where you can serve a very, very low density area, very rural. Uh, there's another, I said 20 million, I'm getting my numbers mixed up, 20. You got 600 million, so you got 200 million in the first pocket, 200 million in a combination of loan and grants, and then 200 million in a combination, just, just loans. That's um, this, this is federal money that's been appropriated, it's gonna be spent. I know there's some people who don't want tax dollars going into this, but that is something from the federal side that is going to happen. It's just gonna boil down to who gets them. What is your number, 46? Yeah, 46. I'm gonna tell you, I promise you, some, somewhere in those top five states, they're gonna get some of these funds. Mm -hmm. um, and exactly how they're spent, um, I think you could potentially question. Um, are we truly getting internet out to the rural area with these funds, or are we just enhancing some of the maybe metropolitan areas? Um, so we would want to take advantage of that as we could. A, a concern that we have is we're facing some hard deadlines on applying for those. We can't apply for those unless we have a telecom affiliate. Mm -hmm. So you, know, you can look at a timeline, mm -hmm. legislation, signed into law, establish the telecom affiliate, now you're applying for grants. So we're, we're running slow. That, that's what's very aggravating for me is that when I say Arkansas, Tennessee, uh, Missouri, and Alabama have it, They've got it, they're deploying it, they're in the internet business. They're off to the races. We haven't even been told go yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's real difficult. Uh, but really to reiterate, we're not looking for state funding. That's kind of a misnomer. And, and I can understand the confusion um, a lot of time when people go to Jackson and, and, and try to tell people in the uh, legislature what they need, they always seem to have a dollar mm -hmm. sign affixed to it. We don't. We just want a permission slip. That, that's really all we want to do. <laughs> uh, but see, so you'll know we're not asking for state funding. We will not mandate that an electric cooperative do this. If an electric cooperative, and I'll just give you a, a, a situation here. If, if for some crazy act this thing was signed into law tomorrow, it won't be. But if it was, um, we would still have to do a study to make sure that we could do this. And we would probably establish certain uh, timelines and say, okay, we're going to try to, we've got fiber running through these areas now. We'll see if we can pick up some low-hanging fruit and help some of these people. If we can keep it going, mm -hmm. then use those funds to expand out into other areas. A concern that I keep hearing is, and we did, we did a little preliminary study at North Central. If we built out fiber to everyone's home today, it would cost 70 to $75 million. I've had people tell me, well, Kevin, how can you invest $75 million and then technology change, the, 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 the demographics or the landscape of telecom changes, and you've got this huge investment. Well, we're not going to spend $75 million and then start hooking people up. It will be done incrementally. Mm -hmm. uh, North Central started building out this system over here um, in, the, in the early 1960s. So, and we've reached our 31,000 members here at 2018, so we're not gonna be able to go out there and just blast fiber to every home and start signing people up. It will be in increments. Um, my question there usually is, people propose to me, they'll say, so you'll probably provide fiber service to the urban areas first. Not necessarily. We've got a substation in, uh, off Wingo Road in Marshall County, Casey Road, Bahalia. Um, we're going to have fiber going through those areas right now. Mm 
We may not see the numbers initially, but like I said, if we can come up with a successful product, uh, then we can use those funds to just continue to expand. Okay, and, and to touch on something that you kind of uh, alluded to earlier, this is separate from utilities. The rates that we have in place, you know, that little, little fluctuations month to month, that will not go, that will not be affected by our... We will have to be a, we will, the, the, the broadband affiliate and the electric cooperative will be completely separate affiliates. Uh, to a certain degree, there will be completely separate employees. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, we being a regulated utility, we cannot take member slash ratepayer money and start putting it um, into a broadband entity. Mm-hmm. Probably the closest we could do to that would be to make a small loan on the front end with payback terms that are very much reflective of the market to try to get the operation going. Once you get the operation going, um, get a revenue stream, then the telecom affiliate could go out and, and probably acquire some loans at that time to kind of ramp it up even further. Okay. And it's another thing, if you come into North Central to sign up for electric service, you won't have to take get your broadband from us. <laughs> that will not be a requirement yeah. for electric service. One will be very much regulated, the other one not so much. But you'll still get the same level of service you expect from your local co-op, and that's how we feel like we can do it, but uh, in a in a good way. Mm-hmm. And that would be two separate bills. It wouldn't one would not affect the other. That that has really yet to be determined. Okay. We we think it could be advantageous if we could put the broadband bill on the same statement that we send your electric bill. Mm-hmm. But now, as far as use of revenues, that would separate upon payment. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, for whatever reason, were unable to pay your broadband bill, your electric service would not be affected by that. Two completely separate entities. Mm-hmm. It may help. That, that's something that will probably come through the study process with the do our members and people we could potentially serve. Because we can get out of our service area with this if we, if we need to. Um, but, you know, would they prefer to have it both on one bill or two separate bills? But it will be two completely separate entities. Okay. So in order for the, all this, for us to get the permission slip in order to get into the internet business, or not really business, but internet services, what legislation, describe the legislation that's being offered. The legislation is, is it's a little wordy because we had to get our um, attorneys involved and they, they know how you gotta uh, cover yourselves in certain areas. It's a, but in, in, in basic, what it does is it says, the electric cooperative can establish an affiliate the electric cooperative can partner with other cooperatives or telecommunication providers. The cooperative can string fiber um, throughout its system without concern about easements. That's really not as big a deal as, you, as people would think initially because the fiber is being installed initially for utility purposes. So that's really cleared. But we did put something in the legislation to make sure that we kind of firm that up a little bit to make sure that we didn't have an issue. Um, it, it basically defines some of the things that I just said. Yeah. It's going to protect the ratepayer. It's going to make sure that ratepayer money isn't funding these things. It's going to make sure that if you are a current telecom provider, we can't take such actions to keep you out of a certain area. So it tends to keep the, the, the playing field more level. 
For those that seem to think that the playing field will not be level if the co-ops get in the business, I would simply say, can you point out what the advantage is? And we'll see if we can address it. I've looked for it. I don't see it. The, the federal money is available to all the telecom providers, whether it's Max South, AT&T, Comcast. They can utilize those funds uh, to the extent to which they apply and utilize. I don't know. You know, this takes us back almost to the 30s when the REA program was established. And people will say, well, the rural co-op can access this REA money to build lines into the rural areas. Well, the investor-owned utilities could, too, if they would just do it. Um, so that, that's kind of where we stand. We want to make sure that we keep the, the playing field very level. Um, we've been asked, I think the, the analogy was, why do we want to get into these people's sandbox? And I said, the reason we do is because they're not there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we're not trying to run the, the current providers out of business. But the, uh, the plain spoken truth is, they do not have a plan at the moment to get into the rural area. The wireless plan, the 5G network, and I'm not a super technical person, so I'm not, I have to point out when I'm giving you commentary versus yeah. facts, but it is my opinion, and it's a somewhat learned opinion on some research, that the wireless network is a way of enhancing urban internet access. It's still not gonna be a rural solution. And there's, I mean, there's certain areas in our service area that these big companies don't offer any services. And I think that, that needs to be pointed out as well. And competition's always healthy for the market. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, I, I, um, I live in what we refer to now as the Interstate 269 loop. Mm -hmm. South from Isle Branch, like I said, about a mile, and probably about, what you think, about two miles north of that 269 yeah. loop. And my connect speed is... It's not an anomaly. It's, it's what it is in that whole area. Mm -hmm. And even when I get into Olive Branch, now if you have a very high dense area, um, a, a Comcast may have a solution for some of it. But there are so many areas that they did not get into. Mm -hmm. And if they did not get into when they first did the development, odds are they will not get into them. Um, those people, there is not a solution for them right now. If there is, I apologize and stand corrected, but to the best of my research, uh, there's really not a rural solution that's taken place with the current telecom providers. If, if you look at the, the conversation on social media, uh, and my policy is, is normally don't look at the comments, but when it comes to, when it comes to this issue and, and people go on these group pages and they say, who do you recommend for your internet access? Read the comments. I mean, there is there there is a clear gap in rural Marshall County, rural DeSoto County, when your only option is satellite internet, and you've got one child trying to do homework, the other child trying to stream a, a TV show, and Dad's trying to work at the kitchen table on his laptop. It's not going to happen. So we've got to help solve that problem. Absolutely. Some uh, of the comments are just toxic. Yes, they are. <laughs> there are some people that are very annoyed. Oh. Uh, and that's understandable. I mean, I, I really, in all honesty, if I was to leave my home and leave my high-speed internet and go to somewhere I have 0.9 megabits per second, I'd probably lose my mind. Well, you know, you need to uh, you need to speak to local realtors. They, yeah. They've got a lot of that information up here because they've learned, 
you know, I'm in my early 50s. I look at things a little bit differently, but you get people um, closer in age to, to Michael and yourself. When you, if you were to relocate and move into a community, that's probably one of the first two or three questions you're going to ask. Yeah. And the realtors will tell you that. And if you can't provide what they need, they're not going to locate them. No. And that's, uh, you know, we've gotten some great support from the actual statewide association of realtors. And there's mm -hmm. several other groups that have stepped up. To, AARP, um, countless. Farm uh, Bureau. Countless cities and uh, county governments have passed resolutions in support of this. And, you know, it's like we tell them. We want the permission to do it and then the patience to see if we can do it. Mm -hmm. But... I can't remember exactly how they put it. Usually when you're trying to solve a problem, the first thing that you say is do no harm. Mm -hmm. And that's what I try to tell people. If you pass a bill into law that allows electric cooperatives to get in this business, you've done no one any harm. We're not asking for any money. We just want the permission. Some of us may be able to do it. Some of us may not be for a while. Some may move a little faster. But at the end of the day, we will start to solve a problem that exists and that we don't have a solution for right now. Okay. So, final question here is what can our membership do? Who do they need to contact? What letters do they need to start writing? What um, comments do they need to start leaving? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't think it hurts to tell people that um, you might plug our app right now so they'll have their... You know, I, I, our elected officials, I don't... In, in DeSoto County and Marshall County, they listen to their constituents. They know there's a need. We don't, I, I, unless you correct me, Michael, I'm not aware of anybody uh, in the state legislature in our area that is against this. They have a lot of questions. Some are very supportive. Some have questions. They're valid questions. Too. Yeah, yeah, they are. They, and, you know, something as, as big as this, yeah, questions are good. It, it, it kind of settles a lot of people down. But uh, I don't think it hurts to download our app. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the electric cooperative. If you search in the app store uh, for uh, Apple devices or Androids, it's the electric cooperatives of Mississippi legislative roster. And uh, on that app, you're able to look up who your representative is, who your senators are, what committees they serve on. Uh, and uh, even at the state and federal level, um, you'll be able to find information on uh, all of the co-ops, when the deadlines are for registering um, legislation, uh, for the deadlines for them to take action on it. So it's a really great tool to help you learn about how your state government works mm -hmm. and who's working for you. You need to know who your representative is. You need to know who your state senator is. It doesn't need to be adversarial right now because they're listening to us, but just if, if, if if you're listening to this podcast, tell others to listen to it. Okay. Exactly. But if you're listening to it, and I hope you can listen to it without it buffering too much because your internet access is pretty good. Uh, but it won't hurt. It would help to call your state representative, state senator, and say, if it's fact, I'm not pleased with my internet provider or my internet service more specifically. Um, we think you ought to give the electric co-ops a chance at it. Give them a shot at seeing if they can uh, help minimize this digital divide that we're seeing between the rural and urban areas absolutely and, and one thing that you got to remember is politicians work for you the voter <laughs> so uh make them do their job <laughs> and their and their contracts coming up here pretty soon yep <laughs> <laughs> but y'all can find that contact information also on that on that app but we're not we're not calling for a massive no. uh, call to action right now and, and really I, I don't want to uh, presume that all of the people listening to this podcast are in favor of us doing this so if if 
Should I look at the camera now? If, if you uh, if you have questions of us, um, and you know, I'll, I'll ask you to repeat several times yeah. that contact information. How you can email us, and if you have any concerns of how this may affect you or affect current telecom providers or anything, please let us know. We we want this process to be uh, incredibly transparent. Absolutely. So that that email is, and if if you have if you have questions for us. Um, comments or even objections to this that is podcast at northcentralepa.com please email us and let us know what you think let us know what your questions are Uh, we know you probably have a lot of them I mean we've been going on for going about 40 minutes now so um, yeah (laughs) but it's uh, it's a a lot of information to digest so we will be glad to go over this more and if you know if you have questions please email us there it's podcast at northcentralepa.com we'll be glad to address each and every member concern question anything this is this is something that I'm I'm, I'm very proud of that I've seen in the short time that I've been working at North Central is that we address member concerns and so no one is turned away um, when it comes to these questions or concerns or suggestions or anything like that. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Anything else we need to uh, end on here? Just remember, as cooperatives, we're here to satisfy a need, a need that is out there and has not been addressed. And cooperatives have been here, if they're utility-specific, like electric or water or, or feed and farmers co-ops, they're there to address a need. Mm-hmm. We think that we've identified a need and here at North Central, we are, we're willing to, to attempt to address it and see what we can do to resolve this problem. Absolutely. Um, we, and we'll keep the member informed, you know, as we go through this process with the legislature, like they, they just convened today. And these things will develop over the next three or four weeks, and we'll get a bill number assigned to it. And, uh, but I think if you want to track it, we're calling it the Mississippi Broadband Enabling Act. Right, Is that that's correct? correct. That's so, correct. And we'll keep you informed about bill numbers and uh, for those who would like to keep up with it. Okay, so that's potential. This is the start of a really big change uh, for accessibility to information and, and services, and uh, it'll, it'll open up a whole new world for people. And I think this is something that's going to be very helpful. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in. Again, if you want to contact us, it's, a, it's podcast at northcentralepa.com. You can also find us on our website, northcentralepa.com. Find the app on Apple Store uh, for North Central. What was the other app that we were talking about? The Electric Cooperatives of Mississippi Legislative Roster. Okay. And that's good to have anyway, just so you get to know your official and what they're doing. You need to know who's representing you and and how to get in touch with them if there's even concerns outside of cooperatives or broadband. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for joining us and explaining all of this complicated (laughs) issue. Thanks for producing this. All right.